You're listening to the show with Sam and Joe. This is episode 382 for May 5th, 2022. This week, we talk about dog harnesses, mac and cheese, bookstore finds, travel-sized bottles, electric chopsticks, and having blood drawn. So stick around for... The the show. Show! One, two, three, clap! Uh, when was the last time you got blood drawn? Um, last month or the month before? Is it uh, obviously it's like routine for you, but have have you ever oh, had? What do you mean? Like, obviously, obviously, uh, your obvi- sickly self. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you confirm but nor yes, deny? Yes. I confirm it is routine. <laughs> I confirm. Obviously, you're on the verge of death. Uh, oh, anyway, sorry. Sweetie. Go on. Um, I I got some blood some blood work done the other day because I haven't seen the doctor in like three years because coronavirus coronavirus. Um, but I haven't had blood work done in Wait, a while if, too. What? If COVID's the reason you haven't gone to the doctor, what's your reason you haven't gone to the dentist? Well, that reason is because that I <laughs> am neglecting my oral health. There's no excuse. I'm just bad. I'm a, I'm a bad person. Okay, I, I apologize for the interruption. Continue, continue. It's it's because I want my teeth to fall out so I can give good good gum jobs. That's, that's why. That's, that's, that's the end that's goal. Fair. That's gay um, culture. That's fair. That is gay culture. So I I got some blood work done because I you know it's good to have routine blood work done. You know, check to see if you have hepatitis C or syphilis or something, and make sure that your glucose levels are okay. Apparently, apparently my glucose levels are great. According to my sister, I just sent her the results and she was like, is is this actually your results? You didn't doctor these? And I was like, yeah. She's like, you're actually fine. I was like, okay, great. Even she was surprised um, because of how how uh, poorly I take care of myself. Anyways, um, there has been like one or two situations in the past where I got my blood drawn and one time I almost passed out and the other time I threw up. And so every time I recall, I've talked about this before. And so every time that I get blood work done nowadays, I'm like, oh, God, I hope nothing bad happens. Like, I hope I don't throw up like 90. I feel like out of all the times that I've got my blood drawn, like 90 to 95 percent of the time, I'm fine. But because of those two outliers, I'm like always nervous. I'm like, I hope I hope nothing goes awry. And this time it was totally good. My phlebotomist was this like old woman who had been doing this for like 20 years. She kept I mean, I told her, it's like, I hope you can find a vein because I'm always dehydrated and I tried drinking a bunch of water this morning. She's like, oh, honey, I'll find it. Don't you worry. And she like kept the tourniquet on my arm for like a solid 30 seconds. And then it just popped up. And she was like, there it is. Do you want to feel it? And I felt it. And there it was. And it was like a hop, skip and a jump. And we were done. And so I was like, thank God nothing bad happened. But there ever- are, let me tell you, there are two types of phlebotanists. Only two, two types no of phlebotanists in, in the world. There As is, Britney Spears said. There's the there's the type who've been doing it. They're on like they're about to have year fifty of their mm-hmm. job. Ready they, to retire. They can find a vein on Mr. Burns. You know. Mm-hmm. They can they'll get it. Mm-hmm. And the other type, it's their first day on the job. Yeah, they've never no done it before. There is they didn't even they didn't <laughs> practice in school. They skipped all the practice days. Those are the exact two types of phlebotanists. Luckily, I've only had the I've had the that the type that is new, brand new, only maybe like once or twice. And Never then the seen rest a of vein. them are like, oh, yeah, I've been doing this 50 years. I, mm-hmm. I came out with a needle in my arm, with a needle, getting ready to shove it in my mama. You know, I don't know. Sure. Well, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the story. My question that's for you the was bit. Have you that's ever my had. Bit. Have you ever like passed out or feel or felt woozy or something? Because like for me, I'm not afraid of blood. Like I like watching them do it. Like I I I I don't mind that. And so like the two times that I felt weird were like definite outliers for me. And I don't know. It was probably because I was exhausted or I hadn't eaten. I needed to fast for these the the blood work that I was doing, and it you know it got me feeling woozy and weird. Um, have you ever had any bad? bad uh, reactions to getting your blood drawn um i felt faint before sometimes it'll like sometimes it just wipes me out for the rest of the day i'm just really tired because mm-hmm. um, i took all the blood you like, had that yeah that's like when i don't take care of myself beforehand no i'm i'm always normally fine with it they take a lot though they take a lot when i get out of drawn. you 
right out of me and i'm just like that's a lot like it's almost like your blood's supposed to stay in your body you know i'm not a doctor but i think you might be onto something i see i think people should think that it's so people are like oh you keep fainting when you get your blood drawn that's weird that's not weird that's what you're supposed to happen when you lose blood. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it should be weird if you can, like, suck out your blood and spit it in a bucket and feel nothing. Right, you know? be totally fine. Like, we have the wrong priorities here about about how your body's working. So I say, you know, your body has some reactions, and they were completely valid. Oh, thank you for, for validating my body's feelings. <laughs> well, with you, I'm just imagining instead of having those vacuum test tubes that they have, those vials that they, you know, they suck the blood out. For you, they just get like a half gallon empty jug of milk. One of those half gallon jugs that's empty and they just like put the needle in there and just start draining you like a vampire. Basically, it is <laughs> wild the amount of blood they take from my body. I just like don't know how I get home afterward. Like, well... Apparently, you're good at making blood. And apparently, they, they, they keep analyzing your blood to see how you're still alive. And it's a miracle. It is, it, you are the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah, my blood work's always pretty great. It's never like, I mean, I don't think it, it's a blood test if like one thing is questionable. But I don't, I'm, I don't fast during mine. And mm. so my triglycerides are always high. But they're like, oh. if we really wanted to measure them, we would have you fast. So mm-hmm. they're not alarming. Look at you. Oh, we're both in such great health. Well. No, we're not. Well. <laughs> anyway, I'm so glad that, that you didn't have any reactions. I'm glad your blood works great. I don't know why you. they were checking you for STDs, but. Well, that, that's. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, you know, I had a. <laughs> I, I told I told my doctor, I was like, girl, I'm not getting any. And she was like, well, we're going to do it anyway, just to make sure. And I was like, OK. And surprise, surprise, you know, she's negative on everything because apparently I just feel like it would be like the uh, what is it? The immaculate conception where like the the story of the Virgin Mary getting impregnated impregnated by Christ or by God with diseases. That's called patient zero. Oh, okay. Also, she was lying about that. That's the biggest (laughs) lie. I hate to say it. I always that's that a lie. lying it, bitch. That's the situation of like coming home pregnant and you know your parents are going to be mad and you're like, oh, it just, ha- it was God. Yeah, and it was God's And then like 2,000 years later, 2,000 wars later, mm-hmm. you know, maybe fess up, but okay. Yeah, me when I come home from Steamworks and I get the clap and I'm like, oh, it's God's will. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure, Jan. Anyways. You so that Steamworks. Was- Steamworks, isn't that the isn't that the the place? Isn't that the In place Chicago? I'm trying? Uh, there, well, so Steamworks is there's a a bunch of Steamworks. There's a it's oh a, I only know the Chicago a, one. I was gonna say it's a chain, like a chain restaurant, like it's you know like it's Wendy's. Yeah, Steamworks is the Wendy's of gay bathhouses. Um, but yeah, so that there was my exciting chains. week. Um, so how was your week? Did you did you get up to anything? How are your Tamagotchis? I don't know. My Tamagotchis are fine. I had to, you know, you don't care. Why'd I you don't. ask? Because. <laughs> Why'd you ask? <laughs> don't ask about things you don't want to know about, because I'll start telling you about them. Well, the thing is, is you're going to bring them up on your own anyway, so I just, you know, think to get them out of the way at the beginning. No, I, I was not going to bring it up whatsoever. I was are not sure? going to bring it up at all. Yes! She's lying, Your um, Honor. I did have a very DC experience this Uh-oh. weekend. Um. So we were down in, I'll tell it just like how I told it on stream. So if you are in my streams, you don't have to listen. Well, listen anyway. Um, <laughs> there goes this the This weekend, we went down to, we walked down to DuPont Circle. Um, Justin was getting his hair cut at the same, um, just as a side, at the same place that AOC got her hair done. But, you know. Oh, wow. Um, so I, and I just went for the ride. I was just wandering around town. So I went into Second Story Books, which is a bookstore, is a used bookstore. That's the pun. It's not two stories high. Second story. Huh. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I was browsing around in there and I was looking in the travel essays and I picked up this book, Paris in the 50s, because Paris, because I'm a late, mm-hmm. um, by Stanley Carnell. Don't know who that is. Um, opened it up. It's a signed, it's an autographed copy for one thing. And I was like, mm. oh, let's read this. Um, 
It's autographed December 1997 to Elaine Chow. Oh my God. Mitch McConnell's wife. What was, okay, Elaine Chow was, um, God, she, she was had, the Secretary of Transportation. Right. She's, she but had she's some also been sort Peace Corps. Right. She's been, she's had a lot of like government or like high level positions, but it says to Elaine Chow, I hope you enjoy this bit of nostalgia with best wishes and warm regards, Stanley Carnell. So I you bought it. It was $12. Yeah, I was like, this is a conversation piece. And someone on Twitter did some sleuthing for me. And they were like, yeah, he mentions her in this article. It's probably, well, I mean, when you get a book signed, they don't sign it to your first and last name, you know. Right. Like David Sedaris, he signed my book, Joe. You right. know, no one writes a full name. So it's right. gotta be, it's gotta be the Elaine Chow. Right, like in D.C. of all places, it's absolutely a show. And D.C. They live here, you know. Yeah. So. But also, I just, I want to know the story behind it of like, he obviously, like they're friends. He gifted this book to her. She did not read it and gave it away. I love that energy. I will tell you, it does not look like it's been read. It looks like it's been on a bookshelf. Um, Mint condition. Mint condition. Brand Mm. new. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, maybe in the past few years, she was just getting rid of a lot of books, brought them down to second story. You know, it's like very, what would happen? You know? Right. Like, but also, and it no- was probably one of those situations. I don't know if they were friends where like you have a new book come out and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to send it to all of these famous people. Maybe they'll mention it, you know, mm-hmm. that situation. So well, the thing is, is like you are, what are you, three degrees of separation from Mitch McConnell now with that book. It's like a whole That book crux. is, it's probably been in the same room as him. Right. Because so like th- this book has been in the hands of the author and then the author gave it to Elaine Chow and Elaine Chow is Mitch McConnell's Threw wife. Threw it in a dumpster. Threw it in yeah. a dumpster. And so now like <laughs> Mitch McConnell's goblin hands have probably caressed this book that your goblin hands are now caressing. And I think that's beautiful. You know, the question is, you know, they're all about burning books. Why didn't they just burn it? Right, exactly. Use it as, as kindling. Yeah, just throw that in the fireplace. So right. um, I, I haven't started reading it yet, but I'm excited to read it. It was just a very like, it was like a DC experience. Like a New York experience is like getting stabbed on the subway. Well, someone saw, I saw a tweet from some New York gay. There's a billion of them, obviously. A New York Twitter gays, I, you know, throw a stone. There's one. I'm not saying to stone the gays, but I'm I'm saying stone gay people. Um, but there was one that said, I was walking down the, um, some street the other day. And in the, I look across into the water and there's Sarah Jessica Parker, like rowing a boat. I don't know if that's true, but I'm, I'm going to believe it. Because that sounds like something Sarah Jessica Parker would do in the middle of New York on like a Wednesday. She's got the time and she's got the money. Why not row that's a boat? That's true. Why not? You know why not what? just row a boat? I see. Like that's a New York experience. In, in contrary to like a DC experience, of, like this book has been in Elaine Cho. Who is it? Elaine Cho? I'm already forgetting her name. I Elaine don't know Chow. if it's Chow. Uh, it's C H A O. I think that's I think pronounced Chow. Chow, but I don't. I don't keep up with the McConnells and whatever, so I don't exactly no but that's what i'm assuming yeah i but, think they they canceled that right before keeping up with the kardashians i think keeping up with the mcconnell's just didn't didn't do very well in the ratings god that would just be so gross he lo- <laughs> do you know what he looks like and i'm not here i don't i don't make fun of appearances like often because i'm above it and also i don't look great but <laughs> do you know that part do you know that part in the x-men movie where so the thing that they're, they're that they're trying to do have you seen the X-Men movies? The old of ones? Course, first of no, all? No, of course not. You can't say no, of course not. They're good movies. I've heard they're good. I need to watch them. I think I've seen X-Men 3. That's probably the worst out of all of them. Well, this is the one where they've decided to turn everyone into mutants. So they have this device on top of the Statue of Liberty, and they're going to like turn everyone in New York into mutants. And they've already tested it on, I don't know, maybe he's the mayor. I don't fucking know. But... 
he eventually just starts getting really sweaty and gross and like turns into this gelatinous blob. And that it looks just like Mitch McConnell. Well, the thing is, is like, I wouldn't make fun of Mitch McConnell if he wasn't an absolute. Oh, right. Horrible. Yes. He's a he's a a monster. Like as a human being, not just the way he looks. If you act like that and you take away those rights, I think you are. I'm going to call you whatever the fuck. You know, when you have that much blood on your hands, you can get called whatever the fuck you deserve. You know, right. All bets are off, sweetie. Yeah. So anyway, he looks like that guy. Maybe if you do uh, destroy this book, it'll it'll um, be one of his horcruxes. Actually, if all of the horcruxes, I think it's probably Elaine's one of hers, you know. Yeah, I don't know what she's up to now. She was um, Pete Buttigieg took her job. (sighs) Yeah, that's got to cars are that's got to make you mad. The gays taking your job. Right. I mean, sad, truly sad. Anyways, and like correct. Also correct. So, okay, question. Did you pick up this book because you you saw that it was signed by someone to someone that was DC famous? Or, like, were you actually interested in the subject matter, which is Paris? Well, I mean, I picked it up off the shelf because I was interested in the subject matter. But then I was like, oh, this is going to be a great story to tell people. Right. Bonus points for the the coffee table story. We have these chairs that we got from (laughs) that antique store that used to be in the Capitol. This is not a, they weren't stolen during like January 6th. This was before then. And that I don't love them. I like them, but I don't love them, love them. But I get to tell people that they're used to be in the Capitol. Exactly. It's a conversation starter, as you've mentioned. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything else to say to people. I don't want to talk about myself. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm embarrassed of my job and also my hobbies. Mm. As you should. With that? As What's you should. up with that? I love I'm embarrassed ho- of my job and all my hobbies. Hmm. Maybe What's up you with should that? be. Maybe you should be less shameful as a person. <laughs> What's up with that? I love how your conversation starters are like, oh, like this book is, you know, the minority leader's wife's book that she was gifted. Meanwhile, my conversation starters are like, I go for a walk around my neighborhood, and my dad's like, you know what? And I was like, what? And he said, all of this used to be a farm. I was like, okay. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I figured. Yep, that makes There's sense. There's nothing else here. Yeah, that's my conversation starter. Is like, you know, where you're standing used to be a farm, like, you know, 40 years ago. Congratulations. Not even 40, 30 years ago. 30? So, you were still alive. I mean, I now I- Do you I'm remember it being a farm? I'm 28. How dare you? Oh, you're not 30 yet? Oh, I know. Mm, soon. I keep thinking you are. Yeah. It's so much more fun. I know. Uh, being in my late 20s is way better than my early 20s, let me tell you. I give yeah. way less of a shit about so many things, and it is so relieving. Well, hopefully by the time you're 34, you have a book by somebody um, you hate, and yeah. you can tell people about it on your podcast. Lovely. I love that. Well, congratulations <laughs> on going to a, a used bookstore and finding that book. Are you going to like read it all the way through or are you just going to like give up? I don't know. I need to read something. That's why I went mm. in there. Well, and I was also killing time. But like I could have read it while Justin was getting his haircut. Instead, I went to DuPont Circle and I sat and I just stared at people for like an hour. I love doing that. It's so and there's so many people go like hundreds of people walk through, you know, mm-hmm. and so you're just. There's so much to see. I have to be like in a dark cave to read a book. I can't just oh, read really? a book. Yeah. Can you read like in public? Um, well, that would require me to know how to read, which is already established is not a thing. But also Okay, assuming you can read. Okay. Making the assumption that I can actually read letters in the Latin alphabet in English. Um, I I'm pretty sure that most of the times that I, I've read things successfully and actually retain the information has to be a quiet room. I have to be, like, not in a moving vehicle. I get so oh, personal no. if I'm reading a book. But What was the know. last book you read? Um, I think it was Fuzzy Yellow Ducklings. And it was, like, mm, 28 years ago. <laughs> Loved that book. God. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, just wait until I haven't things. read a maybe, book in ages. Yeah. Maybe my favorite thing is a book. Hmm. Um, 
No. Do we want to, do it? we want to take bets on that? <laughs> no. Um speaking of not eating. Oh, I mean, are we fasting? Not, speaking of not reading, let's oh. talk about eating. Uh, okay, there's the segue. Okay, so I was gonna I had this article for last week, I think, but we didn't get to it. It's on Gizmodo. I saw it on a few other places too, but it's about these electric chopsticks that make food taste more savory without having to add more salt and sodium. Did we not talk about this? Did we? I don't, I don't no, know. We talked about that screen that you lick. Oh my god, yeah, that screen. I pretty I I don't I don't know if we've talked about this. Maybe I just read about it. Oh god. Regardless. Oh, no. Regardless, we can talk anyway, about it. Anyway, well then I'll just sum it up real quick. Um chopsticks, electrical current, uh researchers at Yoshinori Miyashita Laboratory of and the Department of Advanced Media Sciences, uh, Meiji University, and Kirin. Kirin, the, um, not the porn star, the Japanese brand for beer. <laughs> not the porn star. Not Kirin, not Kirin XXL, honey. I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh my God. That's okay. To... That's, no, that's okay. I mean, he's not like a big deal or anything. If I, I mean, saw the dick, maybe. Maybe. Anyway. Um, anyway, so um, Japanese people have a large daily salt intake. This is trying to reduce the amount of salt, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the electrical current passes on your taste buds. Um, the stimulation was found to increase the salty flavor of a given food by almost 1.5 times. So when eating something made with a 30% reduction in salt, the difference of flavor is imperceptible. Interesting. Yeah, thirty percent less salt. I definitely one hundred percent delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, in twenty sixteen, there's also been apparently an electric fork. So if you're not good with chopsticks, there's a fork version. There's also a spoon version that promises not just to enhance flavors but reduce mm-hmm. the unpleasant aftertaste and tang of foods like Greek yogurt. Wait, Greek yogurt has an unpleasant aftertaste. Well, do you eat um, getting it at the grocery store, plain Greek yogurt, like no flavored kind? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. People people get Greek yogurt for the tang. Yeah, that's what I assume. I've had Greek yogurt that had a um, it wasn't it wasn't an off taste. It was an off texture. Like at, after you take a bite of it, it it kind of left your mouth feeling chalky. I've had that before, but I don't remember it being a specific flavor that was off-putting. I don't know. I don't, eat, never I don't had eat Greek yogurt very often. No, Justin does. He puts blueberries in it, and I still can't stand the taste of it. I put mm-hmm. honey in it. It mm-hmm. just doesn't... I don't like... The, the tang isn't for me. If I'm dipping something in it or replacing it with sour cream, that's fine. But right. I, I use Greek yogurt as like a substitute for, for sour cream, or I use it in recipes, but I don't eat it on its own. No. Yeah. That's not the move. But there's a spoon for that. So just use the spoon. I feel like that if there was an electric fork, they should just like stick it in me and like turn up the voltage. That's what I want it to do. I don't want it to increase other things. That's called a cattle prod. Oh, there's also (laughs) one. That is absolutely a cattle prod. The thing that they use to get sperm out of people after they die. What? Uh, Yeah. You can get pregnant even if you're the person whose sperm you want is dead, you stick this thing up. It makes them ejaculate their sperm out. You take it, you put it in, baby. Then that's how babies are made. So here, and here I want baby. The men are never are alive. The, right, the men are yeah. never alive. They shouldn't be. Well, so here's another question that has nothing to do with anything. How long after you die, do, do the sperm inside of you stay alive? Like, how long does it take for them to die after you die? Like, is it hours? Is it days? I think it's pretty fast. Because, like, your cells just start to die, like, immediately. Right. Things start eating you. The bacteria invade. Like, shit starts happening, right? I mean, I don't want to Google it. But I I would assume you got to do this. You got to do this pretty soon after death. I don't even know where I saw that. Maybe I just dreamed it. I'm pretty sure it's a thing. Mm -hmm. We'll just say that. I'm pretty. Ask your doctor if shocking your dead husband's sperm out of him is right for you. 
<laughs> ask your doctor. <laughs> um, That's my medical disclaimer for the episode. So I'm, I'm just trying to think the from the, the food knowledge that I have of like Japanese food and Japanese food culture, um, which I enjoy a lot. Like I'm no expert or anything, but there are there are a lot of like main staple salty ingredients in Japanese food. You know, soy sauce is huge and miso paste is also huge um, in in Japanese food culture. And like those are are very salty ingredients. And so I guess it kind of monosodium makes sense. glutamate. Uh, there's there's a lot of MSG in a lot of um, uh, Japanese foods naturally occurring, usually from kombu um, in uh, in in the sea. In uh, uh, it's a type of seaweed that has glutamates that uh, that occur on them, and they use that to make seafood stock and other things. And so I'm just trying to think. This kind of makes sense for them to try to lower the sodium in the national diet. And, of course, they would do it via technology, which is this. There are other salt substitutes. We have a lot of other um, salt stuff substitutes that you can buy in the U.S. I know a lot of people um, who are trying to go at a low-sodium diet or, or trying to lower their sodium in general. They buy those, like, seasoning packets, like Mrs. Dash. <laughs> that have like a bunch of like seasonings that aren't salt, but they're like kind of herbs and spices to kind of, you know, spice up their food or whatever in order to replace salt. They kind of try to do that. And then there's also um, salt substitutes for salt themselves. Like I think it's like potassium chloride or something. There's this thing called no salt and it's like salt, but it doesn't like mess with your blood pressure. It's like sodium chloride, but it's not. I think it's like, potassium chloride and there's some success with that but yeah that kind of makes sense i don't know i just feel like doesn't it feel weird on your tongue if there's like electrical currents going through your food no, like your tongue when you're eating your chopsticks very low voltage like mm. super super low you just don't it you don't vibe with it it's mm. not like sticking your tongue in an outlet which don't oh, do that girl. i think that could kill you yeah <laughs> you think you think? <laughs> I don't know if it can. I'm. I'm. It depends I'm on the voltage of the outlet. Yeah, girl. Um, my sister stuck a paperclip in one once as a kid. I think she and blacked she, out for a few minutes. Yeah, and now she's a lesbian. So, what happened to me then? I never did it, and I'm gay. I think your parents just dropped you a couple times too many, <laughs> and you just turned out the way you did. I did sink in a swimming pool once, and it took people. A little too long to find me. So you're thinking the oxygen deprivation turned you out the way that you are? I don't know. I'm just saying I came out of that. I came out of that pool, honey. And I said, hunty, that give me a poster deprivation... of Brad Pitt, honey. Zac Efron <laughs> queen. <laughs> that oxygen deprivation <laughs> turned you out. <sighs> I said, Anna uh. Wintour's, get me the latest issue of Vogue right now, sweetie. Um, speaking of Anna Wintour, the Met Gala happened. Um, I feel like it just happened, but apparently it did just happen in September because they pushed it forward. And this is when the yeah. Met Gala is supposed to happen, which is beginning of May. So that's why right. it feels like that it, it just happened because it literally just did. Um, all I know is that was it Blake Lively looked really good in her dress and then Janelle Monet looked stunning. Um, I, I didn't really look at anyone else. Were you looking at anyone? Did you have crying hate- eyes? At the Met Gala? I oh, no, no, no. This hate. Is, this, I remember you hate celebrities, which is I hate celebrity get-togethers, award shows. It's just a daisy chain of rich-ass people jacking each other off, looking like Human a centipede. room full of bozos. Fucking hate it. Eat the mm-hmm. rich. I'm not about <laughs> it. And then also, on top of it, on top of it, I'm looking at these things, and I'm thinking, I have student loans. Like, this... <laughs> Dress could have paid off thirty people's student loans. Like right. what we live is in completely different with societies. This country. Yes. What is wrong with these people? But sometimes I I like, I, I like looking oh, at pretty on. things and then judging people when they don't look very pretty. In Do you my know what opinion. this is? This is set up to make non-rich people worship rich people. The mm. photos you're supposed to think, oh, these people look like gods and goddesses. We are mm. less than them. They are better than us, and they get to go to this thing. Mm-hmm. It's further creating this like division of you are not this, 
and I am this, and I deserve the things I have, and you but don't. Then, but then you can feel better about yourself when there are celebrities that don't rise to your tastes, and you can just call them ugly, right? That makes up for it. Um, makes you feel better about no, yourself. No, because fashion is subjective, although <sighs> some of them are really ugly. Also, <laughs> nobody does the fucking theme. It's Gilded Age, and nobody did it. It's the always the cringiest theme. Remember, it, it was camp when it was camp, and it's like, oh my god, that was let's unforgivable. Just further, like, let's take away gay marriage, but then let's do camp, right? Let's, That's what well, yeah. this country does. Like, yeah. fuck y'all. And then it, no one's camp at all, except for like two people. No one's camp. Yeah, it's just cringy. It's a cringy place for celebrities to be seen that's absolutely meaningless. Oh, it might be a charity event, but quite frankly... Fuck off. Donate directly. Fu- yes. Fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's it. That's all you need to say is... that's. I so, agree with the, sin- what, with the sentiment. What, what we needed was the actual cast of HBO's The Gilded Age, including Christine Baranski yes. and Carrie Coon, to be like it and Cynthia Nixon and everyone else, basically, to like go to the Met Gala in their costumes. That would have been camp and that would have been Gilded Age, like actual Gilded well, Age. Just, just let them wear their costumes and take Ugh. pictures. And le- those costumes are already made. They were made for this show. Let them go walk around in them. Let that raise money. We're not. Can you imagine what uh, that? What a serve that would have been if if they would. It would have, done have been better than, better than better than any else. of the garbage that was there. <laughs> it was trash. If I had a gavel, I want a gavel. I'm a judge now. I just want to say honor. trash, trash, <laughs> trash. Bang the gavel. Bang the gavel. Bang um, the gavel. So uh, completely, uh, I guess, eat less salt. Or whatever. I don't know. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we moved the fuck on. Where are we going with this? Um, God. So I have a, I, I have a, a question for you about skincare. We haven't talked about skincare in a while, and you know that I'm on a journey. It's a very slow journey. It's very slow burn for me to start to actually. Do you know what I love myself. about what I love the most about your skincare journey? Just before you start, mm-hmm. I love Read that. Me. Read me. I- <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm ready. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that you wear your sunscreen on the days when you don't leave the house at all. And mm-hmm. then you go camping for 20 days in the wilderness with your family and you don't even bring it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about your sunscreen, especially that journey. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Can't wait for me to. <laughs> What's the really bad skin cancer? Like, like melanoma. multiple myeloma. Yeah, melanoma. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that to just crop up on my face. No, Let it be I'm known. glad that I'm very glad you've become interested, and you've been interested for quite a while now. You you're doing great. I'm I'm saying I'm you're doing great, sweetie. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're doing it. great, sweetie. Um, the most important thing that you can do is wear sunscreen, and I I have a moisturizing sunscreen that I wear every day. And when next time I go camping, I'm going to stick to my routine and continuously wear my sunscreen. I say that. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I'm, I'm going to try to will it into existence. Anyway, I have been very into these um, shitty little airless pumps that you can buy off of Amazon in bulk that you can put like gels and creams into and Not reuse. the fucking aerosol fucking spray, spritzy on your face shit. Oh, is no, it? no, 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 not not the spritzy thing. They're they're just airless pumps to get like like cleanser and lotion out that oh. you can refill. Not the spritzy okay. shit, but they're reusable because what I'm I'm there's a lot of situations where there's there's skincare products that don't that only come in bulk. They don't come in any sort of travel size. And I'm like, I want this for when I like go places. I want them in my little travel kit. And so I I buy these little like two ounce airless pumps that you can refill. And I just like, you know, I decant my, you know, facial moisturizer or my my cleanser or my adapalene into them. And then I have these little travel size versions of um, the stuff that I use daily. And it's it's better essentially for the environment slightly. Uh, because I'm not buying travel size things over and over and disposing of them. But um, I was curious if you use these at all. I mean, I guess you don't go anywhere. So you don't really have a reason to like have travel size versions of things. 
But I guess like I don't know when you visited your parents in St. Louis or like when you're like going yeah, down to Virginia I mean, or whatever. Like, do you do you do this or do you buy like travel size versions of things and just put them in your little travel kit? Um, yeah, we have minis of everything we use mm. that we just throw in. I mean, what do I need? I need my. I can't put my adapalene in a thingy. Mm-hmm. It's already the correct size, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, moisturizers and a little. I just have the mini bottles. What? Mm-hmm. Wait, the, are these just are so mini cute. bottles? What do you mean? I still don't really know what you're talking about. Do you have a picture? I'll send you a link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a let diagram or a let patent? Me get, let me get a diagram. Um, a patent diagram? Little airless pump bottles. Let me find... These are the ones that I got. Little uh, airless pump bottles. Oh, my little you airless pump. Here, I sent you a Do link. they come in... Here's what was pissing me off about Amazon. So I needed... A lanyard. I needed a lanyard and I needed like a um, Game Boy cartridge holder. Mm, like like one? one, you know, one for right. one Game Boy game. It's like you can have one for $30 or you can have 100 for $5. <laughs> yeah. And literally. I'm like, <laughs> literally. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't need you, that many. Yeah. You're asking me to contribute to the landfill. It's yes, like you're begging me to dispose such a of a bunch thing. of shit. Oh, these are cute. I'm looking at them. Now, how are they airless? Because, oh, because they push it upward. Yeah, okay. they push. It's like a vacuum thing. So you push it upwards. And so you can, buy, you can buy them in different sizes. Like there's a 15 milliliter one, a 30 milliliter one, and then a 50 milliliter. I think I have like a couple 30 mils and a couple 50 mils, just depending. Um, and I've I found that they work super, super well, especially for my cheapo ass adapalene that i i don't buy the different brand because i'm cheap and i like to buy my shit directly from india but i i love it i don't like it in the little you know in the toothpaste tubes i want them in a little squeezy thing like like the the like the different i don't think it's i think it's in those things because it's not supposed to be exposed to the to light you're probably right (laughs) and these are clear I can just I can cover it in tinfoil. <laughs> yeah, just cover it. Just wrap it up and just wrap it up like a like in a doggy bag, right? Or like a like a Christmas wrap. Take it home, like a yeah. Christmas wrap. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah. I'll just God, <laughs> you know, prescriptions are in those things for a reason. That's like taking all your pills out of the amber bottles and like mm-hmm. setting them on the windowsill, lining them up yeah. on the windowsill. <laughs> right. I, I put them under a grow light. <laughs> No, but these are cute. These look like they would be perfect for travel or just like having anything thrown in your bag or whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's so nice. I don't know. I like there's like a lot a of BB process. creams came in these. Right there. I, I don't know. It just it makes me feel a lot better because I can reuse these and I don't have to buy like a travel size versions of things even, you know, when they are available. And uh, I don't know. It's 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 a nice little project of you know decanting all of your things into the little bottles and i label them all and i'm what is decanting trying to say isn't isn't that the correct phrase is decanting decant gradually pour liquid from one container into another oh okay so yeah i guess i'm correct i thought decanting was like airing out wine but okay yeah i feel like the whole Every time I hear the word decant, I usually think about wine. I think you're, you're probably right about that. But no, looks like you used a word correctly. I commend you. Thank you for teaching me a word. Wow. My my one word a year that I actually use correctly. <laughs> um, I will. I, I, I will it put to a, you. I'll put a link to these um, mini airless pump bottles that I'm showing Joe that I, I bought um, in the Patreon description. So patreon.com slash the show Sam and Joe. You can view the show notes even if you are not a patron um, in case you guys are interested because they're probably better for the environment slightly because you can reuse them. And it's kind of part of my skincare routine of like, you know, decanting all of these things into these little bottles. And I don't know. I just think it's nice. It's 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 uh, soothing for me. And I enjoy sure. a nice little, a little, little, little pump bottle. I love to get pumped up, you know. Do you like to get pumped? You want to get pumped? Mm-hmm. You want to get pumped? It's cheese of the week, airless pump bottles. This is my cheese this week, since we're at that time. It's cheese of the week. You know, better than most of mine, I would say. <laughs> so, 
that's I mean, that sometimes you have, great. Sometimes you have good cheeses and sometimes they're not. Yeah. This week <laughs> it actually is a cheese. It's a cheese dish. Wait, what actual cheese for cheese? Yeah, it's this macaroni that Justin makes and he makes it differently every time. Um, I think he started with like a base recipe, but we've gone way off now. It's kind of a whatever cheeses are in the fridge. He gets this really thick cream from there's like a little tiny grocery store near us that does like gets their stuff from Virginia and Maryland. And Mm. they have this really nice cream. Um, It's that. And then so I think the cheeses he used this time were Gruyere. Smoked Gouda, sharp cheddar, um, this mac and cheese blend of shredded cheese that we had in the fridge for some reason. The fuck? Uh, some cream cheese. Mm. I think that was all of it. And he makes like this sauce out of it and use, puts it on the macaroni. And it is like so fucking good. It's always like it's always good, but it was mm. exceptionally great this time. We had it last it- night. If you want to kill me, you need to give me that and then like lock me in a room <laughs> and not give me access to any lactate. Oh and that my would God. obliterate me. It sounds it amazing was, though. It was so good. And we use um so I was using I did a I did a live stream where I did macaroni art recently. We're getting very that a, like first grade. I've heard through the grapevine yes. that like that you've you you've like surgically removed Brinty. Like I'm concerned. Do I need to call the cops? Well, I tore her down and now I've rebuilt her out of macaroni. So she's a macaroni Furby now. She's half, half macaroni. She's still got some fur. Um, she's got some circuitry poking out for effect. But yes, she's reborn. Okay. She's she's your robot daughter now. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, she was already a robot. Uh, I guess that's what right. she was. She's she's, yeah. she's your macaroni daughter now. Yeah. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. So I we had leftover macaroni, like the big kind, not like the teeny, like craft in the box kind, the little noodles. I like the big noodles. Oh, have you seen the the macaroni noodles that are like spirals? Those are so good. Oh yeah, those are good. What are those called? I love those. I love shells. I mean, I'll eat anything with enough cheese on it. Um, I think but it, these were the bigger ones. Cavatappi. Oh, that's I what it's no called. I have no idea. Oh, I know spaghetti. So I know uh, noodle. Ziti, I know the big, rigatoni. The noodle. Uh, noodle. Yeah, they're called cavatappi, and they are the best for macaroni and cheese. If you can find it, use it. Hot tip. Oh, okay. I didn't know what they were called. We usually just use whatever pasta we have, like in our right. pantry. Um, so we use these big noodles. It was just really good, and it was creamy and stretchy. I just love it. I usually like macaroni, like, baked is my favorite. Mm -hmm. But this is, I would say, better, even. It's really good. Damn. It sounds like Justin's getting better and better every time he makes it. I'm jealous. Justin makes the best macaroni and cheese, and I benefit from it. And it is um, great for me. Great for you. Question, can you feed cheese to dogs without them dying? Or is that something you aren't supposed to do? Well, I'll preface this by saying, ask your vet if cheese is right for your dog. (laughs) But cheese is, I mean, often cheese is a way to give your dog their medicine because they love it so much. So it's not, I don't think that they can process like you, lactose Mm -hmm. as well. But I, so there are like lower lactose cheeses that are better for them. But like, American, some people just give their dogs slices of American cheese. Piggy likes to eat, like if we're grating cheese, we sprinkle a little bit on the floor. He likes that as a treat. A little um, treat. Mm-hmm. He loves cheese, though. He'll eat any cheese. But you probably only need to give them a little bit or else it's oh, yeah, not yeah. Vesuvius. It's a, it's a very special treat that he might only get like once every two weeks, you know, and it's a so very you, little you, amount. So you're saying you probably shouldn't feed your, your dog a bowl of macaroni and cheese? I would not do that. I don't <laughs> give him the noodles at all either. So he's mostly on a strictly dog food and dog mm. food dog meant for food dogs diet. For dogs. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Interesting yeah. concept. Mm-hmm. Food mm-hmm. for dogs. Dog food. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Well, send me some of that Mac, girl, because I want okay. it. Even though it'll, I know it'll I wonder, hurt me. 
you know. I wonder how it would mail. I wonder if you could mail that. I think it I would be fine in Tupperware. I think that the USPS is struggling enough. I don't think we need to stress them out even more with you <laughs> attempting to mail this to me in actuality. It's, I put it, okay, it's not even in a box. I put it in like that, you know that um brown wrapping paper? <laughs> I spoon it into that, tied up in a ball, tied uh-huh. off with a bread tie, stick a sticker on it, drop it in the mailbox. No, you you put it in like a gallon Ziploc bag, and then you just put a stamp <laughs> on the side, oh and you hope God. to God it doesn't it doesn't open up in transit. Not even the ones with the uh, it's not the ones with like the sealy thing. It's no, like it's not. The, it's it's not like the, a dollar store Ziploc pinch. Yeah, for family bag. dollar. <laughs> it it, do, it doesn't even seal. <laughs> it's like one thin thing of plastic. Good luck. God. Um, on the on the lines of that, I didn't get to do this in in high school because our science teacher retired. But my sister had this science teacher. I don't think it was high school. I think it was middle school, and I think it was some sort of extra credit project or something. And the the project was that they had to successfully mail a Pringle, like one single Pringle, in a regular envelope. They needed to figure out how to mail that without it breaking. And it in was a like regular could, envelope in a regular envelope. You had to Wait, mail but... a Pringle and have it su- succeed successfully go through the mailing process without it breaking like a manila envelope, though. Right. Not like a I, I don't remember, but I know that it was extremely difficult to do. And, and I think this was this was before like there was less automatic like mailing things. So I think that right. it, was, it was probably easier to mail things that were a little more bunchy but i think my sister i don't think she succeeded but i think she got close i think that she like covered the pringle in like rubber cement or something and let it dry like and then put it in i i wish i was able to like do this in middle school the science teacher was a lesbian first off so she was awesome and she had these amazing science ideas to like really get kids thinking about shit like mailing a pringle in the mail like what the fuck anyways i think like the winner got like an ice cream party or you know they always did that in middle school or whatever i don't know where i was going with this but pringles that's really cool (laughs) yeah now it all goes through a um a machine sorter it smashes everything now like legitimately everything i send is smashed Ugh. yeah anyways maybe don't send mac and cheese in the mail (laughs) that's the only thing i want in my p.o box no, don't do that. Your P.O. box is just filled with, with raw mac and cheese. And Not the rate it. at which I check it, like every month, once a month, it would just be rotted. Rotted. I'm curious. Rotted. Like, for, I, I know that, that there's a lot of like popular Twitch streamers and YouTube people. Like having a P.O. box is like a big thing. But I get what people probably don't realize is that you you pay more or less depending on how big you want your your post office box to be. So my question is, like, what if people are sending you a bunch of shit like all the time and you're not checking it very often and you pay for like the smallest P.O. box? Like when shit doesn't fit in there anymore, do they like keep it in the back or do they like send it back because it won't fit? Oh, they never put packages in any size P.O. boxes. I mean, except for like. Like, even the biggest P.O. box can't fit, like, a a book that got shipped from Amazon, usually. I guess you're you right, know, yeah. So, they're all behind the counter. You always get, like, this yellow slip. It has your number written on it. You take it to the counter, and they give you your package. Gotcha. Okay. Things about the U.S. Postal Service that I did not know. It's good to hear they're getting more money, is the last thing I heard. Yeah. Oh, thank And they God. desperately need it. And I hope the people are able to be paid more for all their hard work. Because would you think about, like, you send a letter, it can get to someone across the fucking country in two days. Like, yeah. that is wild. And then people are mad when it's when it's not there in two days. It's like, let's give people yeah. a break. Like, also, I've been there when I need something and I'm expecting something and I'm disappointed when I don't get there. But, like, if you step back and you're like, holy shit, like, we have a federal, you know, postage system and, you know, tens of thousands of people working here. And they're probably all overworked and underpaid. So, like, calm down, Mary. Give them more money. Give them money. Anyways, good cheese. Um, Now I want mac and cheese. What the fuck? 
Yeah, it's uh, the pan- Panera mac and cheese is real good. Girl. Yeah. Panera. It's it's the best Panera. hospital food I'll ever eat. It is so hospital food. The bread is inedible. I eat it anyway, even though it like destroys oh, the roof of my mouth. For sure. And um, we're getting a Panera here where my parents live, which is like how you know people are moving to Montana because we're getting a fucking Panera. And my, oh my aunt God. and my mom are so excited to pay like $17 for like half a bowl of soup and a sandwich. <laughs> when Panera came to my college town, Conway, Arkansas, there were people lined up around the block. Mm-hmm. Like God. that Never shit, underestimate. shit got real. Never underestimate white people and fast food. We will suburban, be there. Suburban people and Panera are just like a match made in heaven. Absolutely. It's like the it cafe is. atmosphere that they can like, they can like astrally project and pretend they're in a city mm-hmm. or they pretend they're on in like Los Angeles or on the hills or something. And which the thing I is, do. It's like, I'm reading, I'm reading Panera right now. I love Panera. Oh, yeah. I don't think we're saying anything. We're not saying anything bad. I'm just saying that it's it's expensive for the for what you get. Yeah. And sometimes I'm not in the mood for that. Anyways. Oh, God. The Panera Mac is so good. I'm like, we all know it comes in like vacuum sealed pre-made fucking bags. Of course it does. That doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. You think there's a five star fucking chef in the back of Panera whipping up your fucking mac and cheese? I never thought that. that. Made from scratch. No, girl, this shit's mass produced and it's delicious. Like that stuff is strapped to a donkey and hauled across the United States in mm-hmm. questionable temperatures. Prob alleged. Well, no, I can't say that. But, you know, who knows? Probably actually sent the USPS. And I'll eat it. <laughs> and I'm happy about paying $11 for a small cup of it. That's fine. It's a treat. It's a treat. Like, like for Piggy. Panera is a treat. Anyways, That's should we m- move on to favorite things? These are a few of our favorite things. Um, so for this entire podcast, Joe has been trying to come up with a favorite thing this week, which is something I know and understand because when am, when, when am I prepared? Never. Um, so I'm curious, Joe, have you found something that you can well, uh, scrounge up to be your favorite thing? Well, um, it It's not sounding happens. good. <laughs> <laughs> this so, is not good. Piggy got some new harnesses this week, and um, they fitted him. (laughs) (laughs) She's scraping the bottom, girls. Well, okay, so Piggy has a hard time finding a harness because he has to have one with a front latch. Otherwise, he pulls. So, Mm. And you can't just do that with the collar on a small dog because it'll hurt their neck. So it has to be like a very sturdy harness. It has to fit him just so, and it's really hard because he's got like a, he's got a a thick chest and a skinty neck. So oh, she's skinty. It they and usually, I mean, dogs are like one size all the way down. Their neck is the mm-hmm. same width as their stomach, you know. But mm-hmm. Chihuahua's got the skinny little neck, so I did some searching. Um, finally got one. It's this brand called Bark Bay on Amazon. Got him a red one of those. And then this other, um, brand called Faux Pet. I think, I don't know if these are real. And got them on Amazon and they actually both fit him. And I was just shocked. And they were fine and he likes them and Mm -hmm. it all worked out. I'm just surprised that you don't have to buy like harnesses for gerbils to find something that fits Piggy. Yeah, the thing is, like, he's big for a chihuahua. He's on the upper end. Like, mm-hmm. bone-wise, not, like, weight-wise, he's fine for his size. Mm-hmm. But that, like, usually when a dog is his size, it's not a chihuahua, and so they don't really make them for chihuahuas that size. Gotcha. They make them for, like, teacup chihuahuas and, like, mm. the teeny tiny ones. So it's got to have, like, a lot of adjustment places on it okay yeah it's bad i know (laughs) (laughs) you know sometimes you know not not every favorite thing is an is an a plus sometimes just you got to squeak by with a c you know it's true and sometimes Sometimes it's it's not even a favorite thing sometimes it's a something you hate and that's right fine too 
I don't think you've had a least favorite thing in a long time. Is that because you're <laughs> oh. antidepressant or is that just because that you're holding back? <laughs> I do. I can do that. The Met Gala. My oh, least well, yeah, favorite I, thing I, this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. America but potentially pulling back all abortion rights. That's a least favorite thing. Oh, my God. Do you know that, like, the fear, that is just the scariest fucking shit. Well, I mean, I we're not going to get into it, obviously. We're in favorite things right now, but it's, yeah, it's awful. And they're coming for gay marriage, sis. They are mm-hmm. coming for gay marriage next. And that, like, terrifies me. Right. All I'm going to say is you can donate to the National Network of Abortion Funds at donate.abortionfunds.org. Um, that's what I'm doing. I I also signed up my, you know, for all the capitalist garbage that I buy off of Amazon, you can use Amazon Smile and donate a small p- proceed to a, a organization. And I have the National Network of Abortion Funds to be the the person or the organization that receives the proceeds that Amazon Smile um there you go. For Great idea. So I recommend that. Also, vote in your local elections. I got to vote um, in the local school board election um, in my hometown, and the people that I voted for won. And it was like only like 1,500 people voted. So your local elections matter. So look into that shit because it's important. Um, anyways, least favorite thing the Met Gala and the destruction of a d- democracy. That works, right? That works. and your favorite thing are cute little piggy harnesses harnesses for my dog oh yeah he does look cute in them it's red piggy looks good in every color i do have to say well maybe not yellow maybe not yellow but he looks really good in reds and teals and purples you know why wasn't why wasn't piggy invited to the met I mean, he would have fucking wrecked those assholes. He would have just <laughs> let him have it. Piggy's Slate a bully. Those hoes. Mm-hmm. He would oh, yeah, have just I believe it. barked at him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Sad. what's your favorite thing? You got a good one? Nipped on Anna Wintour's leg like a chicken bone. I can she, see it. Yeah, <laughs> with the chicken <laughs> bone. I mean, my, my chicken legs, I'm shocked he doesn't. Right, I'm to... surprised Yeah, he's not trying to rip those off. Um, Good favorite thing, I guess. Thanks. <laughs> my favorite thing is drum roll please a book oh my god you weren't lying it's a book i'm half lying because i'm mainly listening to the audiobook version of this so, you read two you read the first two sentences of the back and cover went directly to the audiobook because <laughs> i was like this is too difficult for me no, that's, um, audiobooks are extremely valid. If that's how people can get their books, to get your books that way, that's great. Well, the thing is, it's like like podcasts. Like, like I know there's a lot of people that listen to podcasts while they're walking, while they're doing work, while they're doing dishes. Like, I know people do that with our podcast. I do the same thing with podcasts, and I've been doing the same thing with this book. Um, this is a book that I've been meaning to read for a long, long time. It is Kitchen Confidential Adventures in the Culinary Underbelly by the late Anthony Bourdain. It was his first book that kind of skyrocketed him into notoriety. Um, In 1999, he wrote an essay, Don't Eat Before Reading This, that was published in The New Yorker, which kind of caught people's attention. And then this was his book, his kind of last hurrah, he thought, in talking about um, the culinary industry, and it became a bestseller in the year 2000. Um, So essentially what this is, is Anthony Bourdain is a, or was a uh, very famous food commentator and chef in America. Um, He had a bunch of shows. He had one on CNN, one on uh, the Discovery Channel. Um, It was, he's most famous for Anthony Bourdain, uh, No Reservations, which was one of his shows, which is him going around the world and talking about food and eating food. And then another one, which was for CNN uh, before his death, was Parts Unknown, which was essentially the same thing. Anyway, this book is about um, him as a cook in the 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s and 90s um, in New York City and Provincetown. And just kind of him unmasking what happens behind closed doors in the restaurant industry, which a lot of people at the time didn't really understand that a lot of cooks were you know, doing drugs in the back and, you know, all having sex with each other and all sorts of debauchery. Um, and so this book was uh, very enlightening to a lot of people. It's it's funny. It's um, timely. 
it's raunchy and it it actually is talking about a lot of um food culture that has been scrutinized in this day and age for being um problematic in a lot of different ways and so it's very interesting kind of reading this and seeing it in the perspective of food culture in like the early aughts in the early 2000s um and yeah i definitely should read it's if you know who anthony bourdain is and you know his kind of crude personality um the audiobook is also narrated by him um and it's really really good it's really interesting um and a lot of like the stuff that he talks about like he he gives a lot of like um tips about home cookery and talking about like not having a, a a big ass knife set, like having a good chef's knife and maybe a bread knife and a paring knife. And like, this is shit that, you know, he was talking about in the early 2000s. And I didn't learn this shit until like, you know, 2010. Like, I felt like everyone and their mom bought like a huge cutlery set and they never used any of the knives. Like he talks about a lot of this shit where he was, you know, very uh, before his time in terms of um, what home cooks are doing now. So if you're interested in the restaurant industry, if you're interested in Anthony Bourdain, I absolutely recommend Kitchen Kitchen Confidential. After he died in 2018, um, this topped the New York Times bestseller list for nonfiction, as it should have. Um, But this is kind of his his claim to fame that kind of catapulted him into notoriety. Um, And it's a great book. And it's one of those things that I've been meaning to read for a long time. And I'm glad um, that I'm reading it. I'm right in the middle of it. So if you're into food culture and debauchery and Anthony Bourdain, absolutely recommend Kitchen Confidential. Um, Both the book and the audiobook are incredible. And I'm very much enjoying them. So there you go. Well, cool. Sounds like a good book. Kind of sounds like a, is it kind of written like it's um, a selection of essays? Or is it like organized it's, it's differently? More, it's it's kind of it's mostly a memoir of of him, um, like being in restaurants, then going to culinary school and going back to restaurants and just kind of commenting on, um, you know, all the experiences that he had and all of the shit that went on behind the scenes in restaurants and all the hazardous shit and all the misfits that he was um, working with and stuff like that. So I, it's more of a memoir, but it's it's kind of, you know, short essay ish. Kind of along the same lines. P-Town, honey. Cooking for the gays. Yeah, P-Town. He talks about, you know, drug addicts everywhere and a whole slew of gay men. And I was like, hell yeah, that sounds like P-Town. I've never been to P-Town. I don't know. I've never been either. Everyone, <laughs> I I hate it when people call it. I mean, I know that it's P-Town. Like, that's a right. widely accepted, but I kind of hate it. But I've never I been didn't realize. I didn't realize that Provincetown had, like, a big... Um, like Portuguese fisherman food culture influence. Apparently, it did. Oh, back interesting. In the day. And, and so that's how it, I like, didn't know that. You know, that's how it became prominent. Was a lot of Portuguese fishermen. I had no idea until I read this book. Anyways, um, totally recommend. You can get the audiobook on Audible and other places, and you can buy the book wherever books are sold. It is fairly popular. You should be um, very easy to find. So, totally good favorite thing. Thank you. Well, I'm curious if um, Piggy's harness will also fit you. Have you tried it on? <laughs> no, I have a different harness. There it is. I was waiting for that joke to just come through. Just sneak it through. Oh, two gay men have a harness for their dog. What a surprise. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> Anyways, good favorite things. Good cheese. Actual cheese from you this week, which is very surprising. Good favorite things. Good cheeses. Good discussion. Good I guess. Good chat. Good um, chat. You got any last nice words? Chatting. Um, I, I love every week you're like, any last words? And I'm just like, do I have a sniper to my head? Like, are you going to off me? You don't know. You don't know what I got outside <laughs> your window. I have eyes in the skies. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. drone. Yep. All the birds that are flying around are actually reporting back <laughs> to you. The ravens and the crows, honey. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I have nothing else to say. I got to go to the grocery store. Maybe I'll buy some cheese. Who knows? I'll keep you guys posted. Really riveting stuff. Stay tuned. Yeah, next week. Maybe it'll be Sam's Cheese of the Week. Who uh, knows? And thank you guys so much for listening. This has been wonderful as usual. We really appreciate you guys. We will be back next week with a regular episode. And next week, we will have a bonus episode for the Patreon patrons. Yep, that sounds good. Bye, guys. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and more at theshowsamandjoe.com. You can also support us to help keep the podcast going on our Patreon, patreon.com slash the show Sam and Joe. Patrons also gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes, music downloads, physical rewards, and more. We also want to give a big personal thanks to the wonderful podcast patrons who have donated $5 or more. Thank you to... Alex P. Alex S. Alexander P. Allison B. Amy T. Andrew. Andrew G. Andrew P. Ashley E. Basima B. Ben B. Brian H. Carolyn A. Chad D. Chris. Chris C. Chris K. Dallas E. David M. Duran C. Devin B. Emily H. Helena B. Jared E. Javier. Jess L. Johnny B. Jordan W. Julian S. Keith G. Kylon C. Lindsay C. Marianne J. Martin D. Maddie S. Montez B. Naomi D. Nick I. Nikki Q. Rose G. Sam. Scott A. Soyzilla. Sylvie C. William W. And Xavier D. As usual, thanks to all our listeners, and we'll see you all next week on The The Show. Show!